Good morning, John. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing out there in Damascus? Uh, I'm doing well, and how are you in southeast Portland? Well, the sun is shining. I'm not going to complain. Yes. Nobody, nobody listened to me anyways. <laughs> well, this is April the 4th. This is our second podcast. And uh, today we want to address uh, an issue that is uh, perhaps in the minds of a lot of people, or at least if they've uh, been in Sunday school or church in years past and or even more recently. And that's the uh, question of the end times, the wording of the end times. But before we go there, uh, you know, I was reminded of how relevant our discussion is today. Uh, I saw a news item yesterday uh, that is really quite significant. One was uh, addressed along this line. Are you prepared for the apocalypse? And in fact, that was a question asked today on an email. Uh, and then yesterday I read this item and it is really quite powerful uh, from Italy. A physician there said these words, I was an atheist, but now I'm returning to God. And then he went on to say that uh, it's been a nightmare as patients and colleagues were dying of COVID-19. And this 38-year-old doctor said these words, we have reached our limits. We begin to feel that God begins where man ends. Hmm. I think powerful statement. Wow. Yeah, I guess. Another bulletin out of Lebanon says, I now worry more for my family about hunger than the coronavirus. And that's another issue that is going along with this. And that's the effect economically and in particular on how it comes right home to individual families. How do they take care of themselves during a time such as this? Well, that's, that's really true. You know, I, I'm thinking that uh, all of the, the times that uh, Jesus and Paul uh, warned people to be on the alert. Well, I would. I would say that God is getting our attention uh, quite nicely. Yes. So, John, uh, lead us into this. Well, you, you know, we're talking about you were mentioning the apocalypse. And uh, I'm thinking about how, uh, especially in the general media and population and conversation, uh, terms get bandied about and they they get to be, uh, frankly, a little, maybe a little loose in terms of uh, uh, their uh, precision. And so uh, some people will, will use the term apocalypse broadly, uh, and more broadly than others. We might be inclined as, as Bible students to use it a little more technically than our friends, but I, I just... It's just interesting how we use language and whatnot. We ought not to be surprised that there's some fuzziness about that. And of course, uh, that's uh, what we're addressing in these uh, podcasts. Yes. Well, today our topic is end time. What questions come to mind, John? Well, I, one of the things that I was uh, wondering is how would you summarize what the end times include? Yes, well, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, our purpose today is to clarify, indeed, that phrase, end times or end time, and to uh, associate it with another phrase in the Bible that is called the last days. And so we want to clarify uh, in our discussion 
this morning, uh, those two phrases. Uh, our purpose, you know, today and every day is to clarify, to edify, and to encourage people with biblical truth. We're not trying to frighten people or, or uh, hurt them in any way, but we want to uh, provoke people's understanding. And there is a certain precision that comes with our terminology, the last days versus uh, the end times. Uh, and, and so the pertinency of this particular question is, are we living in the last days? Uh, are we living in the end times, at the time of the end? And how do we know? What did the Bible say about this? And so that's our purpose today. Uh, so let's talk about, first of all, the phrase end times. Uh, or it can be understood also at the time of the end. This is a relatively infrequent term used in first the Old Testament and then secondly in the New Testament. It occurs only in three or four or five different books of the Bible. It's sort of a semi-technical phrase pointing to the very end of the present age really the end of history. And it's used in the same text that also speak of the concept of mystery and of the Antichrist, interestingly. In the Old Testament, the first uses of this, as far as I can tell, occur in Daniel 8, uh, when Daniel is told and given a vision of what will happen in uh, the latter days or in the end. And uh, he is told that uh, his visions go all the way to the end of time. And so this phrase, the end, or the distant future, is found in chapter 8, uh, verses 19, and uh, again later. But in chapter 9, verse 26 and 27, it's particularly interesting to find it there, because in that passage, Daniel is being given the vision of the 70 weeks. 70 weeks really are uh, symbolic of 70 times 7 years, or 490 years. And it says in verse 26, uh, the anointed one will be cut off and have nothing. And the people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. And until this end will be wars and desolations and so forth. So uh, that's a very significant use of the word end. It occurs again in chapter 11, uh, two or three times about the end. So that we know that this passage is pointing to the far distant future. For example, in 1140, it said that the time of the end, and then that chapter concludes with these words, yet he will come to his end at this time. And then the very next chapter, chapter 12, verse 1, begins with a reference to that time, the time of distress, as it is elaborated. Uh, in verse 4, Daniel is told to seal up the prophecy that he has just written until the time of the end. And that phrase, the end, occurs a total of uh, four or five times in the last chapter of Daniel. The last verse, I think, is most particular. Yeah. As you go, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. So the time of the end is the very end of history, uh, what, con what uh, consummates uh, all of time and history that we have known uh, in the meantime. So we're talking well, about com, we're talking about a completion or a fulfillment of all that the Bible says about human history. Exactly, exactly, and that's a marvelous thing to realize that uh, of all the world literature, only the Bible gives us a foretelling of what the course of history is going to be from the time of Daniel and the Old Testament all the way 
until the very end. And now that's been 2,000 years after the time of Jesus Christ himself. Uh, going into the New Testament, uh, Paul, the apostle, uses this phrase in 2 Thessalonians 2.8 as the time of the revealing of the Antichrist. So the whole topic of the Antichrist is something that we will pursue in the future and uh, deal with it in its entirety in a separate podcast. An interesting text also, for me at least, occurs in 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul describes the end of uh, history, and it is associated with the coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ. And so I'm going to read from uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 23. But each will be resurrected in his own turn, Christ the firstfruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him will be resurrected. Then the end will come. When Jesus hands over the kingdom of the fa- uh, to the Father, after his de- he had destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So in the middle of that passage, John, uh, Paul is relating the fact that the end will come when Jesus returns again. Uh, the final uses of this term are in 1 John chapter 2. It's equated basically there by that apostle with the terminology of the last hour. And in Revelation, uh, a phrase that occurs in chapter 16, dealing with the various bowls of wrath, is that uh, it is finished in the last bowl of wrath. So that must obviously refer to the end times as well. A common phrase sort of coincident with uh, this term or this phrase is the phrase the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord recurs uh, repeatedly in the Old Testament and it has a twofold impact. That primarily is of judgment, judgment on the nations and on Israel. And then secondly, deliverance for God's people, the faithful remnant who believe and trust him. So that's our overview of the term and the phrase the end times or the last uh, the, the last of the time and so forth. The second major phrase then that we want to deal with and, and distinguish it from the end times is the phrase the last day. It's a phrase that refers to a broader span of time. I think we can basically call it messianic times. And this phrase occurs all the way back beginning in Genesis and repeatedly in the Old Testament to point toward the time when Messiah will come. Interestingly, its first use is in Genesis 49, 1, when Jacob, when he's about to die, calls forth his 12 sons. And it tells us in verse 1 of that chapter that he wants to tell them what will befall them in the latter days or at the end of time. Uh, The next use occurs in Numbers 24, where Balaam, the false prophet, is, is recruited to curse Israel, but instead of cursing, he can only bless Israel. And he said that in the uh, last days, uh, Israel will be blessed. Deuteronomy 31, 29, in that tremendous chapter that follows chapter 32, forecasting the the future of Israel, uh, those words are introduced by the fact that Moses' blessing on Israel reaches far into the future to the last days. And then significantly, all kinds of uses occur in the prophets about messianic times. Oh, yes. Yes, Isaiah 2.2 talks about all the nations streaming to Israel uh, in the last days. The branch of uh, the Lord will arise. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 1. Israel will be cleansed. 
the Prince of Peace is related uh, in chapter 9, verse 6, that wonderful passage about the government being upon his shoulders. And uh, he will be called by powerful names, including the Prince of Peace. That all takes place in the last days. And then finally, maybe uh, I'll refer to the reference in Isaiah in chapter 11, when it talks about a, a shoot or a root coming out of Jesse, uh, the father of David, uh, and he's going to be called the branch. And that righteousness and justice will occur during his time, and Israel will return to the land. So uh, these are wonderful texts in the Old Testament. I want to conclude, I think, with that discussion by going to uh, uh, Daniel chapter 2 and relating to uh, that passage there. Uh, but before we do that, I want to go back because I noticed, John, that I've skipped over something very important. And mm -hmm. that is the text of uh, the references to the end time uh, that Jesus uses in the New Testament. And I apologize for uh, omitting those passages because they are so crucial with uh, our Lord's use of the terms. Uh, in Matthew 13, we have Jesus' parables, uh, and they most of them refer to the end time. And in the very end of this uh, passage, he refers to uh, this phrase, the end times, can also be translated the consummation of the age in uh, verses 39 and 40 and 49. I'll just pick up that one verse, 49, in which Jesus says this, this is how it will be at the end of the age or the end time. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous, and there will be judgment. So Jesus is very much uh, in line with Daniel's use of this term. In fact, I think this is a clear indication that Jesus is thinking of Daniel in chapter uh, 13 of Matthew as he gives the parables, and he begins this whole uh, uh, litany of uh, passages and, and parables by saying that the kingdom of heaven is like various things. Uh, the next significant use that Jesus has of this phrase, the end time, is that of Matthew 24. And John, I'd like you to read that passage because it's so significant. This is the last uh, uh, discourse that Jesus makes uh, before his crucifixion, and it concerns the future. And it is an answer to a question that the disciples had. Would you read that text, please? Sure, I'd be glad to do that. Uh, this is uh, Matthew 24. I think I'm going to read down, not just through verse 15, to, but uh, to tidy it up just a little bit, down through verse 25. And this is in the uh, English Standard Version. And it begins in this wise, uh, chapter 24, verse 1. Jesus left the temple and was going away. When his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple, but he answered them, you see all these, don't you? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? That's that phrase that uh, we get in Daniel. And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. 
and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, and I think it's Matthew that includes a parenthesis here, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what is in his house, and let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight might not be in winter or on a Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. We'll just conclude it right there. Yeah, and as you have read these verses, uh, it's clear that Jesus is referring to the same time that, that the Apostle Daniel refers to under the phrase, the end. In three or four different occasions there in those verses, beginning in verse 3 and following, uh, Jesus uses this phrase, and he says, the end has not yet come, even though the age is getting increasingly uh, difficult, there are catastrophes and other uh, pressures that come upon people. Uh, wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes and all of that. But he said the end has not yet come. So the turning point to introduce the end is verse 15, where the abomination that causes desolation is introduced. And that refers, Jesus says, to that which was spoken by Daniel the prophet. And so Daniel, again, is in Jesus' mind here. And the time of the end is uh, the time of what Jesus later calls here in these verses, the time of unequaled persecution and suffering, what he calls the great tribulation. So we are not yet in the end because the uh, great tribulation is not here. Uh, the Antichrist has not been revealed. So the end is a clear indication of a time period at the very end of history, uh, which is yet to come. 
Now I introduced already the phrase, the last days, and I showed how that this begins way back in Genesis and Numbers and in Deuteronomy. So it is a much more broad term. And in the New Testament, the clearest indication of what this phrase means is, is given, I believe, in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And these verses uh, in indicate that uh, all the period before the coming of Jesus Christ was a period anticipatory or leading up to the coming of Jesus, but they were not uh, the last days. So I'm going to read these two verses. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And the author then goes on to relate various things about the supremacy and the wonderful uniqueness of the Lord Jesus Christ, including his being the creator of the universe. But it's in that phrase, in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son. So it is clear that the last days refer to messianic times, and messianic times are defined as those that cover the period from the first coming of Christ, when he was born of the Virgin Mary, uh, lived and ministered for 30-some years, and then uh, went to uh, be crucified, and on the cross took upon himself the sins of those who will believe and put their trust in him. Then comes the resurrection. So that is the beginning of messianic times. And from our standpoint, that has now lasted for about 2,000 years. But the uh, New Testament authors, the apostles, and so forth, had no idea how long that would last. But it began with the first coming of Christ. The termination of the last days is the second coming of Christ. And at that point, then, it becomes the same measure of time as the end of time or the last day, uh, the end of time, and so forth, the end times. So at that point, End times links up with the concept, the last days at the very end of history, the end of time. Uh, Peter uses the same phrase, the last days, James does, so many authors in the New Testament. So this is our point. Uh, we're trying to stress the fact that when we talk about the end time, that's pointing to the very end of history. It is not yet here. So if we ask the question as we began at the beginning, are we living in the last times? Uh, pardon me, are we living at the in, in the end times? The answer is no. But on the other hand, are we living in the last days? The answer is yes. Uh, so it's a beautiful uh, indication of how we can think about the end of the age and the end of history uh, as uh, it is given to us in scripture. Now, why have we pursued this? Well, to me, the number one thing that stands out is that God has a plan that he is working out toward his purposes in the very end. Even though these promises and statements were made 2,000 years ago, or even in the case of the latter days, the last days, even 3,500 years ago, God has a plan, a program that includes all of history to its very end. So this contradicts the idea that some hold that history is on ending, it's a circle that never ends and so forth. The Bible projects the present time and all the time before and after where we are today as uh, not an unending cycle, but going to a predetermined conclusion that God has purpose for history. So the future is known to God. 
and all the nation's times and troubles and the boundaries that they have, including uh, our own countries and that of uh, Great Britain or China or any other nation, all these times and boundaries of nations are known to God. And Paul the Apostle uh, asserts that very thing in Acts 17. So God is working out his plan that has as its high point the incarnation of Jesus Christ in his first coming as then uh, the savior of all who will believe, but it will conclude with Jesus' second coming. In keeping with the title of our podcast, Apocalypse is Coming, both the end times and the last days will come to a common conclusion, the return of Jesus Christ. And that's where the book of the apocalypse comes in and gives us a description of that. The significant thing is that this time period that we're living in is what we could call the time of grace in which people can come to God, repent of their sins, believe the gospel and be saved. I think of John uh, 3.16, the very common verse. John, why don't you quote that for us? Oh, John 3.16. Well, then I'm just going to, I want to make kinds of things that have characterized this age and perhaps are becoming more intense. And I think the pandemic that it's presently facing the world is a clear indication that we are drawing nearer to the return of Christ. The New Testament attitude is that Jesus could come back at any moment and at any time. And here we are 2,000 years further along, and so the, near, the end is nearer than we could ever have known before. You know, my final thoughts about this, and John, I want to do something special at the end of our uh, podcast here. It'll take about three minutes, and that is to play this powerful hymn, uh, It Is Well With My Soul. But I want to uh, say these things first. You know, the future is certain to God, but it is uncertain to us. None of us is promised another day of life on this earth. None of us is guaranteed that. The present crisis is a very strong reminder of how fragile life is for all of us. And therefore, we certainly want to encourage all of our listeners to place their trust in God during this time and not to trust in fame or fortune or other things, which will surely And not us. to wait. <laughs> yes. So our next podcast is going to be on the apocalypse. What is that all about? What is the book of the apocalypse and so forth? So to conclude our time, I'm going to play this great hymn uh, of the church. It is well with my soul. So I'm going to tune that up now and uh, let our listeners uh, enjoy it with us. Uh, words of that hymn are so encouraging in a time like this, and I hope they are to our listeners as well. Yes, I really, I really agree. The, the issue of perseverance in difficult times is to, look, is to uh, find your strength and look beyond the circumstances that which is uh, eternal and ever-present. And, of course, all of that stuff is found in a person, the person of Christ himself. Yes. Well, with those words of that hymn in our minds, uh, we'll close this podcast. And thank you for joining me today, John. I think it's been helpful and profitable for our listeners. And best to you. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye.